0: I want to I want you to look at the book of Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16 <clears throat> I want to say thank you to my wife for leading us in worship, sharing what the Lord put on her heart. Amen. Luke chapter 16 verse 13. I feel like the Lord has a passage that he wants us to look at here. And uh, there's a lot that the Lord does and says here, even in just this one chapter of Luke. But uh, I believe the Lord would want us to hear some of this today. Luke 16, verse 13. No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. You get that? You can't have two masters. You, you, you can't. This is what the Bible says. This is not me. This is not me trying to convince you of something or this is not some psychologist trick. This is the word of God. A man, if he tries to serve two things, he's going to end up Loving one and hating the other. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Verse 14, and the Pharisees also, who were covetous, would you say covetous? Covetous. The Pharisees who were covetous heard all these things and they derided him. They weren't happy about the things that Jesus was saying and the way that he was speaking so directly to people's lives. Who does he think he is to tell me what I can do and what I can't do? Well, they were covetous. They didn't like hearing that. And he said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men. When you're in front of other people, you do what you think you need to do to be right in front of them. But God knoweth your hearts for that which is highly esteemed among men the thing that men think is so great, so awesome, highly esteemed. What we would look at as humans and say, well, that's the stuff. That's, that's great. That's cool. That's good. Whatever you... thats The thing that men highly esteem, it's not like the Lord just says, uh, I don't I take or leave that. I don't really care for that. It says it, that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of god abomination the lord hates that you find something that you think men like men want this men to do this to justify themselves and women to justify themselves in front of other people and that thing is something the lord hates jump down, if you will, to verse 19. I want to look at this uh, passage. The Lord is still talking here to the, to the same group, including those Pharisees and uh, the others, all, all that here are hearing what he has to say here. And he says a, a parable, a story. There was a certain rich man... Which was, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. He was living, as the country folks say, high on the hog. He had a great life according to what we see. He fared sumptuously. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores. Two opposite ends of the spectrum. The rich man living well and the beggar living unwell, poorly, sickly even. Verse 21, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. You get that? That's how hungry he was that's how desperate he was that he would eat the crumbs that fell off of the rich man's table moreover the dogs came and licked his sores now that just sounds terrible thank the lord uh, i guess for putting that in so i know how bad it sounds but that's about all i care to think about that verse 22 and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Get that picture? He's, he, this, the beggar dies at the gate. You know, that was his life. Just go to the gate and beg. And he died, and he was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died, and was not carried into Abraham's bosom by angels. He was buried. That's all. The rich man died and was buried. The story's about to take a dramatic shift here. I remember in, in uh, I don't remember which grade, eighth grade, seventh grade, somewhere in there, In my English classes, they taught us about the different elements of writing and and stories. And they had this thing called a climax, right? And I think I remember it as like a pyramid. And they said, you know, part of the story happens over here on the beginning. And then it reaches the climax. And then it goes down. Well, this is where the story changes dramatically. Remember the lives that they lived. When they were here on earth. Then they died. And that happened. Verse 23. It's talking about the rich man now. He died and was buried. And in hell. He lift up his eyes. Being in torments. And seeth Abraham afar off. And Lazarus. In his bosom. That looks like the guy. I've seen that guy before somewhere. That's, that, that's who that is. That's the beggar. The one that I used to see laid at a gate and just, he begged me for food, for crumbs. He was so poor, so wretched, so despised, I couldn't even stand to look at him. But I see him now, and he's laying in Abraham's bosom. That is a a depiction of, I don't, okay, let's pause for a second. Let's talk about a term. I didn't know this was going to happen, but let's talk about the term afterlife for a second. I didn't even know I had a problem with that word until just now. Afterlife. huh, I, if I read the Bible and I look at this, I really don't even need to think about this as life. I mean, I know I got breath and I've got a skin and I've got a home and a job and I've got a family. I've got a church family, but this is not life that I'm living for. This is not the thing that you know, is the be all end all, and I'm just hoping it goes really well. But if you use the term afterlife, that's what the term depicts, right? You have your life, and then you have this stuff after your life. Nope. Uh uh-uh. uh. You do this stuff, and then eternity starts. You do this stuff. The Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then you start it again and do it again. You do that for however long the Lord wants you to do it, and then eternity starts. So I probably would have a a preference to the term after death, if anything, right? If I'm thinking about how I really look at things in the after death. Because death is just a transition. In case you didn't know that. It's just a transition. Oh, we don't like to think about that. Oh, that's depressing. Oh, we just preached the good news. Come on. I'm telling you the good news. Amen. Death is the transition. To be absent with the, from the body is to be present with the Lord. That's the good news. So it's just a transition. So the depiction here, what it, the term that it uses, Abraham's bosom, is, remember this is a parable, okay? And that's the term that Jesus used to describe where the poor man, the beggar, went after death. He goes into a place Okay, you guys are doing this to me. I want you to know. You're just sitting there, but you're doing this to me. He enters a place of rest. Which one of these two entered a place of rest? Please, just tell me you know. Which one of these two entered a place of rest? Lazarus, the beggar. Thank you. Only one of these two. Entered a place of rest. Right? Is that right? Oh, the rich man, he goes and he enters a place of rest. No. The exact opposite. A place of torments. Have you oh have you ever been woken up very rudely from the best nap? I had my little beagle jump up on the couch, and that's the closest he's ever got to this area. (laughs) He took advantage because I was asleep. And I could, uh, I'm up and I'm gone. Dog, you ruined that for me. That's about as much torment that I ever want to find. There's no rest, it's torment. You could even try to find rest, but it's only torment. Now, I'm just saying that because it bothers me when I see people use the term rest in peace when it may not apply, and that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, so he's in a place of torment. And Lazarus is in the place of rest. Calls that Abraham's bosom. Sees him afar off. And he cried, verse 24, the rich man again, cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. I am not resting in peace. I'm tormented in this flame. Send Lazarus just for a tiny, tiny drop. Kind of like a crumb. Send him a... For crumbs, a drop of water to cool my tongue. That's how bad it is here. Verse 25, but Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things. You had your life. He's having his now. Is that what the Bible says? If you, whosoever loveth his life in this world will lose it. (laughs) Whosoever loses his life for my sake in this world will find it. You had your life, son. You lived it. And now in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted. Now he is resting in peace. And thou tormented. Next verse. And beside, this is still Abraham talking, beside the fact that he's resting comfortably here and you're tormented there, beside this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, fixed, say fixed, it's not moving, it's there for good, a great gulf Between you and us. So that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Lazarus can't go from here to you. I couldn't send him if I wanted to. Because there's this gulf between us. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. You're over there, we're over here. You get the picture? Verse 27, he got the picture, the rich man. He says, okay, if that's really true, if it's really too late for me and I can't go from here to there, and you can't send him from there to here. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my Father's house. If he can't cross this gulf, send him where he came from, but to my Father's house. Why? Next verse. For I have... Five brothers there. Send him there to the five brothers that he may testify. Say testify. Testify. That he may testify unto them lest they also come into this place of torment. Send him. If you can't send him to me, send him to them so he can tell them man you know there are people who claim that they can talk to people in the afterlife. I'm not making this up, and I'm not just trying to tell you a fun story either. There are people who claim that they can talk to people in the afterlife. I will tell you a fun story. You're being so good. Saul, King Saul, had a man in his life, the prophet Samuel. See, you thought I was going to tell you that's all hocus pocus and not real, not true. Read the Bible. Saul lost Samuel after years and years and years of Samuel going to Saul and saying, The Lord is saying this. Please listen. The Lord is telling you this. Please obey. Ah, Saul, Samuel, we'll, we'll get to that. I'm doing my king thing right now. And Samuel dies. And Saul has to go to battle. Saul says, if I could just talk to Samuel one more time. Is there anybody around here? Saul's asking his, his convoy. Is there anybody around here that can talk to the dead anybody that can conjure up a spirit of a dead person (laughs) and i can imagine a couple of the guys thinking well there is that lady but he has not he didn't know about her he wasn't supposed to know about her and he's desperate come on is there any well okay there is this lady she moved way out of town because you and all the rest you kicked them all out so she lives way out of town. He's like, let's go. He shows up to her door. And you want to talk about being in hiding? She was in hiding, knowing if I ever do this again, the king has ordered I'm going to be put to death. And she tells him so much. And he says, Nuh-uh. hey, I'm the king. Okay, I'm the one that can choose whether I put you to death or not. and I, Trust me, promise, I'm not going to do it. I just need you to call somebody back. I've got to talk to him. I'm not making this up. This is in the Bible. She says, okay, if you, if you promise you're not going to destroy me, I can do this. He says, okay, I need you to get Samuel back here. there was this famous book called The War of the Worlds. That's kind of how, what I would use to describe that little setting right there. The War of the Worlds. Because it's her spiritual world. You, you understand, she, she cannot do that. A spirit that had possessed her and given her power to do that was somehow enacted and the thing took place. She had just given herself over to that type of a spirit. Somehow, some way, and that was what was taking place. But that's her world. And then the other world, the voice of God in Saul's life is the other world. That's Samuel, the prophet. The voice of God. And he shows up. Can you believe that? He shows up. He got permission from the Lord. Get down there. Go ahead. They're doing their little crazy deal. Just go down there. Talk to him one more time. And it worked. Samuel says, Saul, man, I was having the best nap. I was resting in a place of comfort. I had to come back down here and tell you what I've already told you all along. That's what he told him. You're going to die in that battle. Now let me go. Back to this story. The rich man requests that Lazarus be sent to the house of his family. Testify. Tell them. Make sure they know this place down here is real and they are headed here just like I was. Verse 29. Abraham saith unto him, they have Moses and the prophets. Now pause for just a second. Remember the context in which we are reading this. Remember it's Jesus telling a parable to his disciples, to the Pharisees, to anybody that's around us hearing. So, they know what it means when Jesus says, "They have Moses and the prophets. They have the word of God." Let them hear them. That's Abraham's response to the rich man who's down in hell. Let them just hear what they've already been given. He said, Nay, Father, no. That's not good enough. But if One went to them from the dead, they will repent. If you send this guy, Lazarus, from the dead back, and (laughs) let think about this for this is not the Lazarus that's from Lazarus come forth. It's a different Lazarus. But that Lazarus also died, came forth, was seen of people, and they still Walked away from Jesus. What is it with these Lazaruses? No, trust me. If they see somebody come back from the dead, they'll repent. Verse 31, And He said unto them, If they hear not Moses... Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That's how you hear Moses. And if they hear not the prophets, you could quote them. If he, if he doesn't hear them, if they're not listening to those men, we, was it Tuesday or Sunday last week, all scriptures given by inspiration of God No scripture is of private interpretation. Holy men of God wrote, spake, as the Spirit moved on them. That's how we got this thing called the Bible. And if that's not good enough, seeing a dead guy is not going to do a thing for him. I wonder, I promise I'm not going to try to meddle or get anybody in trouble, but I wonder if we expose ourselves to so much that we would not be shocked to see a spiritual encounter. Oh, I'm just waiting for one of those angels, man. I need to see him. I need to hear him. I need to hear that voice of God. And the Lord is saying, no, you don't. You've heard. You've read. It's been read to you. You've been taught. He said unto unto him, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. I'd like you to pray with me there where you're sitting. Lord Jesus, we are hearing Your Word today. Not just Your Word, but we're hearing the voice of Your Spirit calling to us. God, I believe that You want each one of us here today to hear these things, to see these things for ourselves. God, I know that You have placed us here on this thing called earth, You've given us life and breath. You've given us all that we need to live here. Father, and now you are also giving us the knowledge of what we need to live after our death. To live after our death. I'm listening for You, Jesus. I'm listening to the voice of Your Spirit. I hear You calling. I hear You talking to Your people. Father, You're doing it in Your Word. Jesus, even that which was spoken by the old prophets and Moses, Lord. Those words that were recorded from You, Father, they're not just a book. It's holy Word of God. You've given it to us today, Lord. You've given us the ability to receive of it every day in the name of Jesus. One more passage. I want you to look at John chapter three. I'm going to read this quickly. John three, verse one. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot enter, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Next verse Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born? I think it's pretty likely Nicodemus could have been there when we read what we read in Luke. I mean, the timeline bears it out. If he wasn't there that day, He was here this day. He spent time with Jesus. He heard the words that Jesus said. He saw with his own eyes the miracles that Jesus was doing. And he goes, how? I'm confessing to you, Lord. I know. You're a man of God. You have to be to be able to do the things you're doing. And the Lord says, okay, that's great. That's a confession. Let's build on that confession. Let me tell you, you've got to be born again. You've got to be born again. Nicodemus hears that and says, okay, i got a question. What does it mean to be born again? How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? no. Jesus says, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Born. Would you say born? Born. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. You can stand with me. I'm coming to a close here. Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This is a must. It's a must. It's a non-negotiable. You, if you want to, you can go down a lot of rabbit trails talking to the Lord or other people about, well, what about this? What about that? What if somebody this? What if somebody that? And we try to think of a scenario where this becomes negotiable. The Lord has said very plainly, You must. Now, you don't have to. But if you don't, you will not enter into the kingdom of God in this life or after death. You will not enter the kingdom of God In case you haven't seen this or heard this or didn't know this or just need to hear it again. Being born of water happens when you are baptized. Buried in water. All the way down. Not a sprinkle. Not a drop. Not just dipping your head in. All Is that how they bury anybody? Uh, Sprinkle some dirt. Okay, he's good. Nope. Oh, just put his head in dirt. Is he good? Nope. You bury. And then you are born of water. And then you must be born of the Spirit. Next verse that which is born of the flesh is flesh that which is born of the spirit is spirit you become a spirit being after you are born of the spirit marvel not i said you must be born again next verse the wind i wanted us to get to this verse because to me it helps explain the born of the spirit part The wind, a natural thing that we know and we can relate to. We have some windy days around here. The wind blows where it listeth. That means wherever it wants to blow. You can go that way, that way, that way, change directions. The wind goes wherever it wants to go. And you hear it. You hear the sound of the wind. But you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going This last phrase, see this. So is every one that is born of the spirit. There is evidence. So, the word so means just like the wind, so is this. Just like the wind, there's evidence for the wind because you hear the sound. Anybody ever try to take a video outside on a windy day? (laughs) Really messes up your camera, right? But I I can't see it, so it must not be windy. You know it's windy because you hear it. You hear it. Evidence of the wind is the sound that it makes. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. Evidence. Evidence. Of a person born of the Spirit is the sound that you hear. The sound that you hear. Not what you see, not even what you feel. You can feel a lot of things, especially in some of our services. You can feel a lot of things. But what you hear becomes the evidence. I, think I said this last week. The church was born with the word suddenly. There came a sound as wind. Filled all the house and they began to speak with other tongues. Now it's evidence of the wind, but it was a sound like wind. Wind. But then it became the sound. I don't have time to go through all Acts chapter two, but you read it and it says they heard. They heard men speaking, each one in his own language. Evidence. You've got to be born of water. You've got to be born of the spirit. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to open these altars. I'm encouraging you to to come and pray. I know the Lord has talked to us so much today, but I believe He's talking specifically to individuals about what He wants you to do, what He needs you to do. Come on, if you even didn't get victory earlier today, it's still here. Whatever you need, the Lord is here to provide it. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Let's open up to the Lord. In the name of Jesus, on, I'm encouraging you to pray right now. Wherever you are, lift up your voice to the Lord. Lift up your voice to the Lord. I need you, Father. I need you every hour. I need you every hour. Lord, I want you to live in my life. I want you to live through me. Every day, Lord, I want you to live through me. I'm not seeking to live my own life. I'm not seeking to make my own decisions or to prosper myself. Lord, I'm seeking to live for you, to let you live through me in the name of Jesus. say one more thing here i'm going to say one more thing i need everybody that will to listen if you want to be seated you can even be seated i'm not going to take long but i need to say what i feel the lord's given me to say men i'm saying this to you men i'm saying it in front of these women some of them are your wives The Lord made you as a man, and then He called you to be a man of God. Now, listen, those are two separate things. He made you as a man, then He called you to be a man of God. So what that means is, we men have the responsibility to be both the man that God created us to be and the man of God they're not the same thing in fact you can even get caught up trying to do one and neglect the other especially those of us with families wives, children so on they they need the man of God that He called you to be. They need you to be the man too, be the man that that He made you. But the man of God has role and responsibility that nobody else has. And we can think, well, I'm just being the man. I'm just, I'm doing the manly stuff around here. I'm fixing the leaky faucets. And I'm making sure the door doesn't squeak. You know, I'm doing the man stuff. Okay, what do you want for that? That's what you're supposed to do. But the the family, the home, needs the man of God in it. A lot more than it needs a quiet door that doesn't squeak. I'm just saying, I'm I'm not mad at anybody. But you let things go long enough without a man of God in his role and his responsibility and that family can no longer function the way that God desires it to and the way that he's made it to. So men, I'm telling you, this is me and this is the rest of us. Our homes have to have the man of God in them. Lord, I thank you for your spirit that's here today. I thank you, Lord. Brother Manuel, why don't you close for us?
1: Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, my God. Was that good? Was that a good word? Wow. Thank you, Jesus. You see, uh, uh, God has brought us here for a purpose today. Because some of us came with something that we're going through. But this is where you get healed. This is where, like Sister was talking, let, let the balloons go. Give it to God. Let Him take control. The battle has always been His. And I know sometimes we try to fight that battle. We're not going to win until we give it to Him. He'll fight them. He has never lost a battle. He has never, And His blood has never lost its power. And, and right now, you know, uh, like Brother was saying, Suddenly, I don't know, that's been on my mind since this morning. Suddenly. See, God brought you here, and you probably didn't even realize it. But suddenly, (laughs) something happened in your heart. Something touched you today. Something came and relieved you, took took that whatever you were carrying, and now it's gone. It's gone. I know sometimes it looks hard, (laughs) but if you look at it in another way, the battle is his he took that battle he took that off of you now you don't have to carry it you don't have to worry about that just give it to the lord let him be in control and uh like the bible says behold how good and how pleasant it is that brethren dwell together in unity see he wants us together here together so I know he sometimes he catches us up guard and the wind just starts blowing and we and we have to know it's the spirit of god moving in here and then before you know it <laughs> wait a minute i came here with a burden i came here and all of a sudden i don't feel it anymore what what's going on what where did it go or what happened but the spirit of the lord <laughs> i tell you came and took that burden we all come with burdens here but this is a house of God. This is where we come to get all that taken care of. And uh, thank you all so much for being here. God bless every one of you. And I pray that every one of you left with, with what you came for. So can we just say a prayer real quick? lord in the name of jesus we thank you we praise you lord for what you've done here today all those hearts that you set free from the curses that were going but now they are free they're loose there's no more curses what and i thank you lord because i know you bind them you cast them back into the darkness where they belong and now your people can be set free they don't have to be tormented but they are free to walk with you, to do your, your your will, whatever your will is. And we thank you, Lord, for this day, for the word, and for blessing us today. Well, God bless you, and you can be dismissed whenever you feel ready to leave.
2: So I just want to make a quick announcement. If you are planning on going to Ladies Retreat, if you have not already, please talk to me or even better, talk to my mother. I posted. If you need her number to text, let me know. We need to know who's in what